Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. I am excited to be speaking with Axel Meyer Hoofer today. Welcome, Axel. Yeah. Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. All right. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're, you're from Germany, you live in California, and then uh, a bit about what your company does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I came here from Germany in, as part of an exchange program with the Air Force. I was an Air Force aviator flying fighter jets, and there's an exchange program between the U.S. Air Force and the German Air Force, and I came over um, for that purpose. And then there were a number of circumstances that made that stay way longer than we ever anticipated. And we really liked it living in the US. And then somebody wanted to employ me and did all the immigration stuff and so forth. So that extended it further. And then in 2005, I started my own business initially doing consulting, mainly in the life science industry. And as part of that, the question always was, you know, what do I do for retirement in this second part of my life, right? There's a little bit from the military, but what about, you know, after that? And I looked around and you have to keep in mind, I retired in 2001 from the military. And that was right around the time that the dot-com bubble burst. Mm. So I thought, well, everybody talks about retirement in stock, but that doesn't seem to be the right thing. So what else could I do? And ended up researching real estate, started to get educated and then ultimately started investing in our business now, Idea Wealth Grower, um, came about because I kept doing this mainly for myself, but in friends, family, associates, you know, when they said, hey, what are you doing or what's new or so forth, I told them about the things I was doing. And more and more people said, hey, why don't you put this up, you know, for others? We're sure that others are interested. You know, I did exchanges and turnkey investing and stuff, and most people had never really heard about it. And so ultimately, I decided, yeah, okay, let's see, maybe there is an interest. And yeah, I'm proud to say we are helping people. I really, really enjoy when somebody can get on what we call the ideal investor journey and ultimately get to the destination that they set for themselves. Nice. That's awesome. So yeah, you just you decided, decided to stay, loved it here and just create your own business. And now right. you're helping other people. Love it. Yeah. So from like a really, really high level, what is it that you're helping people do? Well, high level, it's basically when somebody says, I want to reach a point in my life in the not too distant future where I no longer have to exchange time for money to have income and pay for my expenses, but where I have a portfolio of assets, in this case, real estate assets that have enough passive income to pay for everything and I call that the time freedom point because it gives you the freedom to use your time, which I think is the most valuable thing we have, to do whatever you like, live your passion, do the things, and not worry, is what I'm doing with my time in some way paying me money? Mm -hmm. Because you have that freedom to get your money through your investments and through your passive income. 
And that is not flip a switch or, or snip the finger and you're there. It's a journey. That's why we call it the ideal investor journey. But it's a journey to this point at which you reach this passive income. But the beauty is that after you reach that point, in a way, things get even better, right? Your assets keep increasing in value. Your passive income keeps increasing as well. And you can really, your full life. And more and more people come to me and say, you know, I'm in my 30s, I'm my early 40s, and I just don't see myself working until 65 or 70. Mm-hmm. And I heard something or read something, or I, I heard you with David on the podcast or something like that. Yeah. You know, I want to learn a little more about it. And that's how this mentoring program works, right? I'm basically using my own steps. I do everything that I suggest to people or educate people about. I've everything, single thing I've done myself because I want to know that it really works before I recommend it to someone else. But that's in the, in the highest level. You know, we want to help people to reach this time freedom point as soon as possible so they can their best life, live their best life. Yeah. Sounds Amazing. Sounds perfect. <laughs> um, cool. So what, when somebody comes to you and where are they typically at in, in the process? Um, you know, do, do most people come to you and they're like, hey, we own our house and maybe that's about it? Or do they already have invested in some real estate? Like what's the typical kind of lifespan? Yeah, what I've seen is kind of two situations that happen. And that is also kind of the answer to, you know, what's your target market or your perfect client or anything like that. The one uh, group of people are people who have started to establish themselves in their career. They have maybe a 401k plan with their employer. They have maybe saved a little bit of money on the side. And they have seen oftentimes in their 401k or otherwise that their stock investments have been doing pretty well, but they're also seeing inflation increasing the market's getting more and more volatile and begin to ask themselves, should I keep doing this? And is this really the right thing for the long term? And then when they start searching for that, oftentimes I hear, well, here's my situation. And I, like I just said, I heard a podcast, read an article or stuff like, and doesn't have to necessarily be from me, but where people say it's time to switch your, your investments into value assets. And I agree with that statement. And so when people start looking for that, so that's not so much predicated on, I have X amount of money I want to invest. It's more, I want to change my life. I don't want to work for 40 or 45 years. And I like to learn how to do that. That's the one group. The other group is a little more mature most of the time where they have uh, quite a bit of money in their 401k. They have maybe a house. They might even have like some investment that they already made. And what they're oftentimes struggling with or want help with is to say how can i one number one accelerate with what i'm already doing but number two and oftentimes more important how can i keep it as passive as possible because Mm -hmm. i don't want to get in a situation where i make investments and that becomes a second job so they get interested in i always talk about turnkey and passive income and it's not just the income as passive but the process of investing and having those properties needs to be turnkey, meaning like passive as well. And there are admittedly not that many organizations I work with who really meet and fit that bill. Mm. And so when people hear me or see me writing and talking about it, they say, hey, can you tell me more? Because on the surface, like we're talking right now, this all sounds pretty good and, and, and reasonably understandable. 
but it's kind of like this analogy with the iceberg, right? Where you see the fundamental thing, the yes, it's an iceberg, something sticking out of the water, but the vast majority, 85% of the details are underwater. Yeah. And if you have no awareness of them, you can may, make wrong steps and wrong decisions, get into the wrong investments or stuff like that. And that's why I believe mentoring and coaching is the perfect thing for that. I'm not a financial advisor or a CPA or a lawyer, but I've been doing it for so long now that I've probably seen, I'd say 80% of the stuff that can happen. Nice. <laughs> cool. So um, I'm sure this is like a variable question because everybody's different coming from different places, doing different things, but mm. How long on average, like if you take your average person, would you say it takes them to, they decide they want to change things, they call you up and they're like, hey, we want to change things to where, okay, their passive income is now paying for all their bills and everything they want to do. How long does that process take? Yeah, I, I would say it's, if you have enough, which means right now, probably in the area of $25,000, $30,000, you can invest. Let's forget for a moment where exactly that money would come from. But if you have it or can make it available, so meaning in the foreseeable future, next six, seven months, you can actually get your first investment. And you have a normal job and so forth. I would say the time horizon is about eight to 10 years. Okay. If... On the other hand, you're in a situation where you're already, like I said, a little more mature, you have a substantial amount of money sitting in a 401k, or you have a substantial amount of money as equity sitting either in the house you live in or an investment that you bought or you inherited or whatever. And we can activate that money and not just start with one little single family home, but we can get several or we can do some more deals than just one. Then you can start reducing that time. The shortest I've seen but that was a very frugal and very well-earning person was about five years. Okay. Still, that's pretty fast. I mean, eight to 10 years, even like that's, that's pretty quick. Yeah. And I always say, you know, take your age and add pessimistically 10 years and then imagine you never have to work a day in your life anymore. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good. Right? For most people, <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Even when somebody says, well, okay, I'm 45. Well, at 55, I'm done. Right. And I can really enjoy life and my income will just grow. I have nothing to do. Just watch it, watch it grow. I can theoretically do nothing or whatever I love to do. And it's still going to grow. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. if, if, the, if our politicians keep doing 7% inflation, it is like a rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So let's shift gears for a second. And um, I'm sure people are going to want to talk to you and hear more about this. Um, but talk to me about like kind of building this business and being an entrepreneur. What were some of like maybe the early challenges that you faced in your journey? Well, the one thing is a little bit has a little bit to do with personality because I'm a person who is fundamentally quite hesitant to recommend anything to anybody when I'm not really, and I mean this almost literally 100% sure it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I know fundamentally you can never really be literally 100% sure, but the level of I'm really, really confident this is the right thing for me is typically very high, which has made me very hesitant to recommend anything. Right? I mm -hmm. can talk for days and days and days about stuff, but when somebody says, should I do it? 
And I still keep that as a principle in my business. I gotten more comfortable with saying I would do it or what I'm doing now. And this is part of why I'm doing every investment that I recommend myself as well, or have done it already. Um, because then I can say, well, here's what I've done and here's how it worked. You still need to make your own decision, David, or whoever the person mm -hmm. is, right? So that's, that's one of the things. And then the other thing, this is, I guess, more a psychological thing is, and I still am not really sure that I've fully gotten rid of it, is imposter syndrome. Mm. And yeah. I don't know, I know that that is not really a sacrifice, but it's a burden. I, at least it feels to me like a burden that it's not constantly in the forefront of my mind. And I'm not thinking about it every minute of the day, but every so often it creeps in and it was much more prevalent in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's, we've all been there at some, some point in being an entrepreneur. Um, so I'm sure like everyone can relate to that. But what would you say? So it was really prevalent in the beginning. What would you say has helped you get to where you are now where it's, it's there sometimes, but, but not like it was at the beginning. My two things, the one thing, and I'm super, super grateful for that is my wife, who nice. is reminding me every time it creeps up and gets prevalent enough for me to actually voice or say anything about it. You know, sometimes it's just a little angel and the devil on the shoulders and self-talk, but sometimes it get gotten to the point in the past, especially where I really felt, you know, is this the right thing? And am I on the right track? And she always reminded me to look at the history of the times when I said that and what actually happened. And then the other thing that has helped to, to keep it in check and, and reduce it is literally the evidence, mm -hmm. right? I mean, to say, okay, well, how many people have I now helped? How many properties have they actually acquired? Have they really made the cash flow? Have they really had the equity gain? Have the things that we worked through together, not just because it was my initial investment too, but then when they actually made, did it work out the same way? And so the, the, I don't know, maybe it's a molehill, maybe it's a mountain, but the, the pile is actually growing. And the more it grows, this is my personality to some extent to say, I see the evidence too, right? So yeah. partially it's what this reminders that my wife helped me to see, but partially it's also, I'm just realizing more and more people that have gone through it and have actually done it. And oftentimes it's such a great situation when somebody calls me or we have a Zoom call scheduled and they say, well, the first thing I have to tell you is I actually increased my cash flow by $300 because I got this property and it actually came to my account. I can actually show you the numbers. I would say, I know I don't, you don't need to show me your bank statement, <laughs> but that energy, right? That like, oh, it really worked, right? Because people, until it actually happens, have a healthy hesitancy. Mm -hmm. And when it really happens, and then it happens, the second property, the third property, and people say, oh, man, I'm making a thousand bucks a month now. Can you believe it? Right. Mm -hmm. So that is in and of itself also encouragement and, and helps to say, OK, we must be doing something right. Right. Like I'm always not very easy to say just because it has happened 20 times, it will happen the next 20 times, but it's more likely. Yeah. Well, I think that's someone in your position doing that. Um, I mean, I appreciate that, that, that you're like that because, you know, you want in those situations where maybe, and they're probably not more risky than like driving to the grocery store, but they can be conceived as like maybe a more uh, risk thing that you're doing to have somebody like you, who's like, no, I want to make sure that this is 
99.9% going to work for you. You know, I think that's actually like a really great quality to have in your position. Yeah, thank you, David. And there is also, I mean, a component that I have caught myself every once in a while to forget a little bit, because it's kind of funny, most of the things that we do, this is at least my experience, that seem to be really hard or really big or almost insurmountable. After we have done them a few times, not only do they normalize, but other things, like I give you an example, when I did my very first investment in a property that was, I think, $185,000, that number in and of itself, even though I only paid 20% down, and that's still what we all do, 20% down, 80% finance, but that was still more than $180,000. And in my mind, that was like almost three years of income. Mm -hmm. That seemed like a, such a huge number. And now it's a normal size investment. But this is after having done it a bunch of times myself and have helped other people a bunch of times or 150 times. But for a lot of people, I have to remind myself when they first approach me, especially when they're this first group of people that is a little younger, but ready to, to change their investment behavior. When I talk to them and we're saying, okay, well, should we go with this 150 or $180,000 deal? Mm -hmm. And there are two deals and there's pros and cons on them. And I can really literally feel the hesitancy. And when I ask them, they say, well, it's such a huge amount of money. And I literally catch myself to say, oh, wow, yeah, I was there like many years ago where, and it's not that it's not a huge amount of money anymore. It's just, it normalizes itself. For me, if I were to do like a $2 million investment, I would probably transfer myself back into this kind of, wow, that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. But these more 150, 180, $200,000 deals, they have normalized. And that's something that I always remind myself, you know, it's, it feels like a huge amount of money when, or it sounds like a really tough thing to do. When I tell people, you know, like always pay yourself first, the ten, first 10% of any money that comes in the door goes into your accumulation account, not the last step, the first. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with the remaining 90% for whatever life needs. Right. And for me, it's normal now, but that's always a little bit of a hurdle to, for people to change their behavior that way. And, and there are many, many other examples, whether it's behavior or the number is big or the process is complex, where that that uh, is amazing to see when it's overcome. Yeah, yeah I think that's awesome. And I, and I mean, because we're learning something new, right? It's like you're, we're doing something new. We're doing something that's a little bit outside of our comfort zone. And I think it's interesting because as kids and as we're growing up, we do something new, like, like every minute, <laughs> you know, constantly we're, we're learning new things and expanding. And then that slows down so much as an adult. So I think it's cool, you know, whenever we have opportunities to expand what's possible and you're inviting people into doing that. And then you create normalcy for what's possible. And then that grows. And it's like such a cool cycle that just keeps going, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one thing that I really feel is a little bit tragic is the conditioning that we are all exposed to. If we're even just slightly interested in what's going on, that's newsworthy. Mm -hmm. Almost all of it is negative. Yeah. Which also means when we are presented with any kind of topic, through this external conditioning, that's at least my, I'm, I'm convinced of that, this external conditioning leads us more and more to look at everything skeptical 
and through this what could be negative about it lens yes and i'm really i mean part of my role as as a mentor and coach is more and more to say okay i'm not denying that all these things that you have maybe already identified or are worried about exist but now let's flip the page and look at the other stuff that is the opportunity side of things mm -hmm. right and what i really don't like and try to avoid in the behavior is that people's reaction to any kind of point is yeah but <laughs> i want to get away from the yeah but and that's why i for example created this mindset manual that people can download from the website for mm. free that really tries to identify are you in a mindset of a victim or are you in a mindset of creating your own future or maybe somewhere in between And wherever you find yourself, there's a bunch of exercises and a little video series on YouTube to go along with it. But the point is, identify where you are on that spectrum. And if you're not where you want to be, I mean, I would love for anybody to be as creative and creator of your own future as possible. But wherever you're on the spectrum, then ask yourself, are there things that I can change maybe using these exercises to get in a more positive, more creator type mindset that allows me to at least see both sides and not always like the media tries to do condition us to only see the negative and the catastrophe and what could go wrong tomorrow. Yeah. And that's just not a fun way to live <laughs> living in that. No, it, like it, it isn't. And it's not easy to escape it. And, and in a sense, I, I'm always reminding people, you know, don't just look at the deal when it closes, look at it every month when your rent comes in and when the cash flow is identified and stuff like that, just to see you're doing something right. This thing is actually working and it helps you. Then first one helps you to get the second one, helps you to get the third one, helps you to actually ultimately get to your time freedom point. Yeah, that's cool. It's like, it, I love that you're, you're sharing that with people and helping people with that. I help people with that as well. And like, I always just, tell people it's the skill we, like we've just there is all this out external stuff but we can just develop the skill to see the good along with you know the potential downsides as well yeah, absolutely and the worst part i really have to say is and i mean anybody who has been around for a little while like myself would say you know we have as a society become more and more divided mm -hmm. and this division is basically accelerated and uh, accentuated by the in, uh, external influence that, that we are exposed to, which not I, I don't mean this politically or anything like that, but there is, for example, a growing belief that only a tiny fraction of people in our society can be successful and be this ridiculous 1% group, and 99% of us are losers and have to just live with it. <laughs> right? and, and that is, for one, it's not true, and I'm not myself ex exclusively, but anybody who works with me will see that over time you become what these external entities claim to be a successful person. And I'm also, and this goes with the mindset, trying to help you understand that that gives you every right to also build your confidence. So when people suddenly say, oh, you're one of those slumlords, No, I'm giving a nice family, a nice house at a fair price to live in because one of the three fundamental things that everybody needs is housing, shelter, and security. And I do one of those. You can go to Maslow and read all the great stuff about it, but fundamentally providing one of the three core things to sustain life is something honorable and you should be proud of it. 
right? But yeah. the externalities want to find ways to say, well, if you become part of what is generally defined as success, you're not allowed to celebrate your success. You have to constantly defend yourself for being successful. And, and in my view, that, that is not acceptable. And I try every, every opportunity I have to say, no, we do stuff, we take risks, we learn about stuff, we apply ourselves. And if we then have success, for example, in my area, by buying properties that actually create passive income and allow us to get to the time freedom point, we have every right to be proud of that and, and, and brag about it if you want. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I love it. Okay, I got two more questions for you. One, uh, and you've already shared some great lessons, but what's what's one big thing that you've learned along your journey that you would share with others? Tomorrow is one day later than you should start. <laughs> start start today. now, yes. Now, today, <laughs> start today. Even if it's a small step, even if it's like, you know, I start putting money aside or I'm looking into how I can maybe no longer do the silly 401k stuff and actually use the money that I'm earning now and not in 30 or 40 years from now, right? And stuff like that. And even if you don't feel that you have money to invest, you can actually start making and taking steps to get there. And naturally, I mean, if you want help, I'm here to help, but there's plenty of other stuff out there to help. The point is take action now. Mm. Right? That's really, especially in investing and even more so in value investing, where you really want assets that keep uh, adding value. Now is the latest you should start. I mean, if you really think about it, ask anybody, I ask you and you ask anybody, when would you have liked to have invested in real estate if you had the money? Everybody would say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, something like that. It almost doesn't matter. But yeah. a while ago, right? So, well, you can't turn back time, but you can start now. Yeah, for sure. Especially the past three years. Three years ago would have been yeah, awesome. There's actually, yeah. I mean, there's this kind of running joke about... Um, Real estate, you know, what's the best time in investing in real estate? Number one best time is 25 years ago. Second best time is today. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. And so my last question for you is what makes you feel alive? When people actually have those calls and conversations with me and say, guess what happened? I got my cash flow. Guess what happened? I own this property we just close or any of those things along that spectrum where, where i can see i'm making an impact in other people's lives that will last way beyond me and maybe even them cool okay great all right so um where can people get a hold of you i know you said you had something that you wanted to give them share all that I, stuff yeah so the website is idealwealthgrower.com and if you put that on Google, you find us on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. We have a bunch of different things on LinkedIn and so forth. So on the, all the social media platforms, idealwealthgrower.com. And as soon as you go to the website, it pops out, schedule a call, get the free mindset manual and all this, this stuff that you might be interested in. Okay, awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Axel, for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. And um, I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you so much, David. It was fun. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. 
If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.